This is KDXI St. George, Radio St. George at 100.3 FM. It's now time for tips, topics, issues, and positions. And now your host for tips, Dr. Bob Oxley. Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here for tips. Uh, Welcome back. And uh, today we're going to talk about this uh, word called impeachment. It seems to be in the news a little over the last week. And our president, Donald Trump, uh, is uh, being investigated as far as uh, collusion and working with the uh, Ukrainian president, uh, Zelensky. And uh, we have a whistleblower that's involved, and I've invited back two experts. You are familiar with who they are, but here they are again. It's it's, uh, Professor uh, Joe Green and and Dr. uh, Chip McLeod. How are you doing, guys? Hello. We're back, and here we are talking politics again. And and that uh, wonderful world uh, called uh, word called uh, impeachment. It's, and, it's uh, Friday, right? It's Friday. Okay. Yeah. So it's been quite a week. Uh, I guess it's been so exhausting that Congress is taking two weeks off, <laughs> the next two weeks off. So it gives an opportun- uh, opportunity to recoup and and uh, talk about this thing, impeachment, and some of the specifics that have come out this week. But before we get started, we always start off with just the basics. What is this thing called impeachment? How serious is it? Uh, And we'll move from there. How's that? So who wants to start and give us a little bit of an education on impeachment? Uh, It's one of the most serious things the House of Representatives can do, uh, which is why uh, if anybody saw Nancy Pelosi's, I think this was yesterday perhaps, she began talking about that. I think it was on the Morning Joe show. And it turned into a very interesting little history lesson. She worked in Benjamin Franklin and all kinds of people. But the the simple big picture response to this is it's a very, very powerful um, component of what the House of Representatives can do per the Constitution. And then it gets kind of complicated. Well. Joe, do you have anything to add to that? Uh, actually, what we've got here isn't uh, impeachment the way that it has been done the last three, the three times that they've actually gone through it. Um, in those instances, the whole House had to vote to, uh, to start an, an impeachment investigation and assign a committee in the House to do it. They always assigned the Judiciary Committee. In this instance, uh, Mr. Nadler, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, has been doing impeachment-like hearings, uh, inquiry, he calls it. He says there's not a legal legal difference. Um, I don't know if it's an absolute House rule that the whole House has to to vote or if it's just tradition, traditional way they've done it. But so far, there has not been a House vote to open an impeachment inquiry, and that's part of the politics involved in this. Well, if we're going there, let's make this as complicated as it really is. There are six committees that are working on this, various aspects of it, and you you began with a question about impeachment per se, which is what I heard. And again, Joe is exactly right. Um, The last thing that was mentioned and I don't know where the, the head count resides now, but impeachment per se is largely a political remedy for wrongdoing. If we, we talked about that uh, once before and impeachment is something handled by the house of representatives, if they ever get there and they need 218 votes to basically officially 
charge you with some wrongdoing, and then there are so many things. Uh, and I think I was kidding the last time, but uh, I once again called it a. Uh, I'll use the word awesome. That's popular. It's a. It's an awesome power of the House of Representatives because. Not that our politicians and leaders would get quite this silly, but if you could get uh, a 218 vote to impeach on an article of impeachment that Donald Trump's red ties are way too long, you would be impeached. Wow. We, we need to clarify, too, that impeachment just means to bring charges right. that, re- that requires a trial. Uh, the trial would be held in the Senate. The Senate would have to convict by a two-thirds vote in order for anything to happen. So, And perhaps we'll, we'll talk about the various nuances of that because there are the rules, the regulations, what these people have up their sleeves and what they're seemingly attempting to do on any given day. But there is something of a divide between common-sense practical folks who argue that okay, go ahead with this if you think you have impeachable offenses. And they have a little list that they've been trying. And now we, we have a new one, they think. Um, so what is it you're really doing? There are, are Democrats who are telling the tale that we need to go through with this because we're principled legislators and there's a huge problem here that falls under the umbrella of a likely impeachment of our president. Then there are other practical folks um, who argue that, okay, go ahead and do that. You'll never get um, 67 senators, because the the Senate's full of Republicans, to vote to convict this man. So the question is, why are you doing this? And they have lots of answers for that. Yeah, you want to, shall we get right into it? We we can go wherever you want. I want want to start going. So what we're talking about is... um, and I'm going to do a generalization here, and you guys can pick up from that. But our president supposedly uh, contacted uh, the president uh, of U- Ukraine, Zelensky, and uh, they have a transcript of that uh, that discussion on the phone. And it, the inu- uh, the they're insinuating, based on the transcript, that the president kind of said, you know, uh, I told the State Department to hold – X numbers of millions of dollars in aid to the Ukraine. And we've always been a good friend of yours. Now, uh, we can release that money for you, but you got to do me a favor. And I want you to investigate uh, uh, Joe Biden's son. And if you can help me out on that, because I know you had a good prosecutor there and and uh, some people paid to get rid of him. And so uh, if you do that for me, uh, then I'll release the funds for you from the State Department. And that's a generalization. Yeah, that, that came from a whistleblower. That sure did. Uh, someone in the CIA. They think, yeah. Uh, well, they've identified him as this person who, okay. who's in the CIA who was assigned to the White House. However, the person evidently had not, didn't have direct knowledge of the phone call and had not seen the transcript, but uh, evidently was talking to people who had seen or heard the the uh, the phone call or the transcript, but we we got to be careful here because uh, you the United States government does not record phone calls. 
uh, between the president and foreign leaders. President Obama got in a little bit of trouble because that was happening. So there isn't a recorded a recording that we can go back to and look. What they do is they have two CIA analysts listen to the to the call and then go back and write up notes, compare notes, and that's the transcript. So it's not a word for word transcript that we're dealing with in okay. the course of in, this. In my little bit of of research on this, um, to the nuts and bolts, which is we were discussing this before we started the show. Um, much of what we say, if not everything, could change radically about 14 seconds after we're off the air. That's the way it's working. But in these phone calls, um, there are usually as many as 8 to 10 to 12 people actually listening to them. Almost never is anyone in the room with the president. Sometimes they're all over the, uh, the compound. They're in different rooms, sometimes in different buildings. And as Joe just said, if you want to sit down and compare that transcript with what was actually said verbatim on a tape, you can't because there is no tape. Um, so this is an approximation of what somebody, the whistleblower, got upset about that he thought he understood to be happening. And you can, uh, I think it's the Wall Street Journal, some other outlets as well, uh, are offering bits and pieces now that it's out. You can, you can read it and take a look at it, but we're not talking about um, – a usual form of transcription where someone, an expert sits there and listens to a tape and transcribes it. That didn't happen. I, 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 I got the, the other information. I've got information that the uh, president and his staff actually stored, and I thought it was recorded, in some kind of a secret vault. No, they stored, they stored the transcript in a vault that is for special business and that sort of thing. Since you brought that up, the immediate assumption when that got out was that this must be politically damaging, which is why they put it there. And so once again, we're off to the races. Yeah, that, w that would be the um, transcript. Evidently uh, in the transcript that we have, Trump does, President Trump does not mention the aid that's not in it, but he does. Right. Uh, is it seven times? Eight. Eight times, eight times ask uh, Zelensky to investigate the firing of the prosecutor investigating yes. their natural gas company for whom Hunter Biden was working as a member of the board of directors. Okay. So, okay. So by well, one misunderstanding, and I think the general public, a lot of people are the same impression as I, that there was a tape and it was put in some vault somebody, but it's just no, a transcript. No. That's yeah. number one. In, in fact, and, uh, the, the transcript and, is largely, I'm, I'm not sure how much or to what extent they rely on these, uh, rely on these people's memories, but it, it's basically taken from notes. Yeah. Then, then they put it together. They, they write a memo, okay. but it's not an absolute quote of President Trump said X, it's what these two people have remembered and and edited together as that becomes the, the transcript. And that's what was released to uh, yes. Congress yep. yesterday. That's what you can read. All right, now, with the, with the phone conversations continuing with Zelensky, he brought up, the president brought up Attorney General Barr. He also brought up a number of times the uh, his personal attorney, Giuliani, uh, and put them in contact with the president of the Ukraine. Um, what is all that about? 
I mean, why would he do that? Mr. Giuliani evidently has been assigned by the president to investigate uh, interference in the 2016 election by people in Ukraine where we can get to. We can't get to the people in Russia and so on. But uh, Mr. Giuliani is uh, going on air, wherever he can go on the air, and claiming that he's discovered uh, documents that, or that uh, uh, Hunter Biden was, uh, well, we know Hunter Biden was getting paid about $50,000 uh, to be on the board of this gas company, that he got the job while Vice President Biden was vice president, that uh, he knew nothing virtually nothing about energy, that kind of thing. So it doesn't look good for the vice president and his, and his campaign. And he's also making, uh, brought up the charge that uh, Hunter Biden wrote on the president's official airplane to China and somehow came back with a billion dollars in investment funds for a, for a hedge fund uh, that uh, I, I'm not clear on this. Hunter Biden doesn't have a lot of experience in hedge funds, hedge funds either. So the claim, Giuliani wants to make the claim that there's uh, deep corruption in the Biden family, uh, uh, and uh, the the main problem with that is that Mr. Biden is on tape uh, <laughs> telling. Uh, claiming that he told the Ukrainians before this new guy was elected to fire the prosecutor who was looking into right. the uh, corruption in this gas company that Hunter Biden's on the board of. And if they, the prosecutor is investing in, investigating that, so the implication is that somehow Hunter Biden would be implicated in that too. Uh, and that Vice President Biden says, fire him or you don't get a billion dollars in military aid that we're going to give you. But there's no evidence at all that Hunter Biden was being investigated. The char the what I've heard is that this prosecutor was being accused by numerous European groups of not moving quickly enough in his investigation, and that was sort of the reason. But it does not look good mm. for the former vice president in all of this. So. But no, he's, he's on, uh, they keep playing the same tape or presenting it on several media outlets. It, it's about a minute and Biden, Biden is on the stage with a couple of people talking about the fact that he's, uh, telling them he, he was, what did he, he visited Ukraine 12, 13 times himself. Uh, and he was admonishing them very seriously to fire this person or he, here's a billion dollars you're not going to get. In fact, the story he's telling is that it was six hours before he got on the plane. And uh, he said, okay, here, here's, here's the deal. Either do it or, or we're in big trouble. That is you. You're not getting the money. And evidently, that's that's the straw that broke the camel's back, according to, to Joe Biden. So. The My question was, though, Giuliani, why is he involved with this? Why is he? Because the president sent him. Well, and he's and, and Giuliani's claiming that the State Department gave him directions as to how to uh, act and perform or something no. like that. Rules and regulations. <laughs> no, I mean, no, What's no. This this is part of the the uh, the Trump approach to everything, and uh, the folks who are truly tapped into this 
pointed out immediately, which is this man is for all practical purposes, Trump's personal lawyer. And so now he's involved in what is potentially another, uh, monumental Trumpian government scam and problem. And for some reason, um, that escapes me, he keeps using Giuliani for this because I don't recall. And the man's a lawyer. He was, he was, uh, uh, highly placed politician at one time and mayor of New York. Yes. He, he contradicts himself more in 30 seconds than most people on the hustings today. So, but that's Trump's approach. He, he likes these people because he thinks they're loyal. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a look at it. Then, uh, uh, really what we're looking at as far as impeachment is some of the accusations or insinuations, uh, are that, uh, the president's using the office of the president of the United States, uh, for personal uh, protection or gain as far as being reelected. Yeah. And that's the statement I heard. Right. The, uh, that's the position that the Democrats are taking. And it's the reason that this has, uh, that uh, Speaker Pelosi said, this is the, I'll use, it's cliche now on straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. This puts it over the edge. This is why, I'm off. I'm on board with the impeachment inquiry that was already going on. That really, um, and the response from the other side. Now, I'm not sure what the other side is. The uh, Republicans in the Senate voted, I think, every one of them, to make sure that the transcript of this phone call is released. That was unanimous, which, you're right? Which suggests that maybe there's some backing off of of. Uh, whether they're going to support the president or, uh, I mean, think of these people in the, in the Senate, they've had to, based on partisan politics, support virtually everything that the president has done. Some of it that they don't like, some of it they're embarrassed by. And, uh, my guess is there's a number of them who would look for reasons to, to back off, push away. So uh, uh, if, uh, if, if, if it came to that, but the position on, on the other side is Mr. Trump had initiated this because he's worried about the corruption that came out of Ukraine and in, in, uh, in influenced our election in 2016. Somehow that was connected to the email, uh, the Clinton email releases, something like that. And so his asking about investigating the gas company and so on is consistent with his concern about corruption. Therefore, there's no crime here. The opposite point of view is that Mr. Trump was going directly after one of his political opponents, his likely uh, opponent in the next election based on the current polls, uh, that that's using a foreign government interfere in the United States election. Uh, that's what the Mueller investigation was all about, that somehow uh, Trump used foreign people to help interfere in the 2016 election. And, and not that you need anybody to, to connect the dots, but the, the tag would be again. Yeah. <laughs> at, at least that's what the Democrats right. think. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're going to get you this time. And what we were discussing for a moment a few minutes ago was now there's this package of possible impeachable offenses that uh, 
some of the sources regale us with from time to time, and people seem to have forgotten, that if it wasn't on the news in the last 20 minutes, that there's everything from uh, all of the shenanigans with supposedly the Democrat or the uh, Republicans seeking foreign aid to get Trump elected in the first place, and now the Democrats very much want to turn this into a case where we've got you red-handed this time. That's not clear at all. You don't hear over the past two, three weeks a whole lot about uh, the seriousness that people place on Trump's possible emoluments clause uh, infractions, using the, the his position basically clearly to make money by having people stay at his hotels all over the uh, the world and that sort of thing as well. Haven't heard much lately about the. Um, corruption supposedly involved in uh campaign financing and that's that's about half of the things the michael cohen right that's about half of what democrats are talking about as possible impeachable offenses and the other thing that i mentioned a minute ago as well is that you have these people in the opposition party the democrats who are at least attempting to make these principled statements about how their positions as duly elected members of the House of Representatives place them in a position of having to check that some of them are calling it a moral cause, which yeah, I don't. That, that's just a little disturbing to to me. I'm speaking for myself, but we we have a, a principled job to do here, and therefore we must move forward and. Uh, as we go in and out of talking about impeachment, you can't impeach anybody until you uh, decide to do that. And an impeachment w- must rest on at least one article of impeachment. And they seem to be working on those. But once again, I have no idea at this point in time where they're headed with these six committees they've got doing various things. Yeah. And uh, the uh, McGuire, who is the uh, House acting house no he's the director of national intelligence okay is he acting or is he really he's the, the acting director, director acting. because uh, uh the former one re- uh, left right uh, we think under pressure from trump he, he and president trump disagreed about the interpretation of uh, what is true and what isn't true the intelligence agency said this is true and trump said no it isn't kind of a thing uh, so he's acting. Um, the whistleblower uh, went through the proper channels, and a complaint was filed with the inspector general in the intelligence department. Okay. Okay. The inspector general's under the law then informs the director of uh, national intelligence, and the director of national intelligence says they did everything correctly, but the inspector general said there was something wrong in the way that the uh, whistleblower's account worked, maybe because he wasn't directly or something. We don't quite know what, at least I don't quite know what it is that was uh, incorrect. It didn't follow the form that it was supposed to follow in some way. Uh, Then it, but, and so it was not going to go anywhere, but then it got leaked and and that that there in fact was a whistleblower 
And according to the law, if it's a legitimate that follows the form, the right form, then that information must be directed to Congress. So uh, Chairman Schiff of the Intelligence Committee demanded to get the transcript and de demanded to get the whistleblower's statement. And uh, so now it's, now we've been thinking about this for a week. And so. which, which leads us to the point in the uh, unfolding drama where Donald Trump came perilously close to calling the whistleblower a spy. He he stopped just per short of perilously close. Yeah, I thought he, <laughs> he did call him a spy. Not not. No. Uh, I haven't seen anything where he out and out called him a spy. But this is what we do to them. We don't do. Yeah. Wow. Uh, when McGuire was being uh, uh, interviewed, t testifying yesterday for about eight hours, I think it was or six hours. He at the the bottom line, he concluded. He said that the whistle whistle whistleblower did the right thing. He actually said that he agreed that he did the right thing. How do we interpret that? Does that mean that he says that maybe there is some substance to this as far as the accusation for impeachment? Uh, I think he was speaking. I, I saw some of that. As much as anything, I think he was speaking to the fact that this is a very serious function and that there are at least a couple things to consider. One, if, if you're a serious government employee in one of those positions and you really think you have happened upon as big a problem as this individual seems to think he, he discovered, you need to report it. And the other part that really struck me was once again, um, you're placing yourself, even when you're doing the right thing as prescribed by law, you're placing yourself in a very precarious situation when you start turning these people in because uh, look look what's happening. Um, it's it's your responsibility, but you're, you're still risking a lot. And the Intelligence Committee is demanding that he be outed and brought before their committee to testify. You're saying the whistleblower? The whistleblower. Mm -hmm. I yeah. heard that this morning Whist myself. The whistleblower laws. I thought that... The law protected you. Yeah, it does. Um, the, the, now they're, they're, if you're a whistleblower and you do things according to the right procedures, which this person did, your, your anonymity is supposed to be abs protected absolutely. Yes. But the, the, if, if they're going to make a case for impeachment, they, the Intelligence Committee is going to have to talk to this person and find out who it was that had actual knowledge heard the phone call or whatever Never. what yeah. whatever it is and so they're they it w they would do it behind closed doors but as soon as that person stands up takes the oath states his name and it get leaked oh terrible well because the, the whistleblower was was offering his impressions this is second and third hand stuff and the, the reports based on what this individual thought he saw unfolding Okay, we're going to have to take a break, but we'll be right back. Uh, uh, Professor Joe Green and Dr. Chip McLeod's here uh, discussing the impeachment uh, of the President of the United States. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. We now return you to tips, topics, issues, and positions with Dr. Bob Oxley. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we're discussing the impeachment 
of Donald Trump, President of the United States, and all the ramifications that have transpired over the last uh, seven days. And we're trying to get our arms around this because it seems like every hour we're getting more and more information coming out. Um, and we were talking about the uh, whistleblower uh, just before our break uh, in that uh, I was of the impression that if you were a whistleblower, you were protected. And now there is some indication coming out indicating that possibly they want that whistleblower to testify and identify himself or herself uh, before a committee. And I, uh, to me, my, my impression of this is that defeats the whole idea of a whistleblower because um, he or she is going to be a nervous wreck because of the ramifications of them exposing the President of the United States. There will be death threats, and uh, his family will, you know, all kinds of bad things will happen just because this is such a, we're in the middle, right in the middle of a already fractious and antagonistic political divide in the country. And uh, so, yeah, he would, that, he would, uh, I'll bet he doesn't want to testify. This is not the way the other three impeachment scenarios have gone, which is almost certainly why, as we all know, the, the law is there, and then there's the law. You've got an individual who has come forward and is um, lending a hand, all things considered, to the possible impeachment of the President of the United States. So they're, they're already bending the rules. Uh, this is not the normal way this has played out in the past. So uh, they, this is not business as usual for whistleblowers. Yeah. Or for impeachment. Or for impeachment. This is supposed to be, Precisely. Uh, historically, the whole House had to vote in order to even authorize an impeachment inquiry. But they... The Judiciary Committee, and as you mentioned, some others too, but the Judiciary Com Committee especially is calling what they're doing an impeachment inquiry uh, without the permission of the Speaker or the leadership, uh, initially at least. Yeah. And there has been no vote. And uh, Speaker Pelosi has 30 members of her caucus who uh, came in from what were r Republican districts before uh, 15 of those people saw the initial report about what about this and signed a letter saying, yeah, we're on board with impeachment now. We'll go with you. But it doesn't look like she has uh, enough votes to get the whole House to vote for to authorize an impeachment inquiry. So instead, she authorized it the other day. Uh, and even if she had the votes... Uh, we don't know if the leadership would want to expose their members that way because if this is seen as a partisan and it's already that, lining up that yeah, way, and it is. it's seen as partisan. This is the Democrats going after a, a president they don't like. The Republicans are defending a president that they like. Uh, if, it's, if there's not uh, people from the Republican Party uh, willing to vote for this, that exposes these 30 members, even if they've agreed that this is impeachable. And she might, she would feel threatened that she would lose her majority if that happens. Now, we don't know if that's the case because 
We haven't had an election. We don't know if the American people are upset about this or not. If they want, if they're more concerned about getting the right person for health care, which is what they evidently voted for in 2018. And, and uh, uh, we don't know, maybe those California districts especially uh, really are becoming less Republican and more Democratic in just like Virginia is. So it's, uh, well, and, and there's, she sees it as a risk. And there's yeah. a huge question here, which is, of course, obviously what Joe was talking about. The question is, are we going to impeach the president? And they haven't answered that yet. <laughs> They're still working in committees and uh, playing the, the political posturing. And at the end of the day, um, politicians, no matter how well-meaning they are, um, don't usually rise to that level of political influence unless they care often fairly deeply about their electability and part of their job is to go to whatever uh, part of the legislature in this instance they they seek a seat in and that sort of thing and if something like this no matter how principled they are means they won't be reelected then they have to figure that out and they haven't yet that's part of the problem and I, they're, they're taking a uh, two-week vacation Congress is. They're taking a two-week break, so they're going back to their uh, respective constituents. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, well, they're gonna, checking it out. They're going to talk to people are. back in their respective Absolutely. states about uh, not just Joe down at the local um, grocery store, but uh, the, the power brokers and, and the people they need to commune with to get some sense of what they ought to do, and, and either they're going to impeach him or they're not. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Also, during the two-week period, I'm sure that the Democrats are going to turn it right up. They're going to turn the dial up in their own home. Uh, well, and, own. and nothing has been said, uh, at least in our gathering here today, about uh, the very great likelihood that impeaching the president would be that one thing with the approaching election to fire up his base as never before because there are millions of Americans who still remain convinced that there's this uh, maybe some sort of civilian deep state in, intent on taking the president they really want from them. That's a real sense in America of uh, behind Trump supporters. Yeah, all, all over on the right, there is there are people who believe that uh, that people in the defense, in the intelligence agencies, have this sense of we're in charge of running this particular aspect of the government. We know what's best. And Mr. Trump came in with a sledgehammer, criticized them all over the place, and they don't like him. And they're uh, they're they've been taking action since since even before he became president to try to undermine his presidency. So that claim is that the intelligence agencies and the intelligence people in the FBI uh, uh, took this dossier that uh, was paid for by the Demo Democratic Party and the Clinton administration uh, that had ties to Russia and, and, uh, and used that to uh, create the... Uh, the suspicion that Mr. Trump had interfered, uh, used, had used foreign sources to interfere in the election to help him get, get elected. 
And that, that all came, it all starts from the intelligence people, the people in the FBI and the people in the uh, other intelligence agencies who don't like him. So that's deep state thinking, and it's all over on the right. And now this person has come out of the intelligence agencies. Uh, he's using second, his, his report is based on secondhand information. It looks to them like a setup. And you're right. So Chip's right. This this could be something that really fires up uh, the the people who voted for him in Wisconsin who've turned away from him. We'll yes. get them back and Michigan. Michigan. And 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 again to to further elaborate on something that is always under the surface with this the idea among Trump's staunchest supporters that you're talking about uh, we'll call it he likes to call these things hoaxes and witch hunts. And for the most part, they seem to agree with that. It's not that our chief executive has done anything, um, illegal, wrong, impeachable. You're making up all this stuff. And if there's any thread to pull that, that might, um, implicate him, that's what you're all going for. Because the real objective here is to undo an election you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're, It seems like a long time ago when we talked about the Russian investigation and his connection with Putin in Moscow, and and then we went into Cambridge Analytica and Facebook and all of the others trying to manipulate the 2016 election, and that all reached a peak and it went away. Now here we are back again with impeachable. The Ukraine thing holds some promise to to reopen all of that because there is a possible connection when it when it comes to um, tampering with what they finally refer to as our democracy. That is, you know, the ability of Americans to cast a, a vote and, uh, rest assured it will go where it's supposed to go and that sort of thing. But, uh, and as I think we mentioned a minute ago, all the speculation, all the, the information, all the testimony, all the, the evidence information collected in the Mueller report. And, uh, it was, it was designed as much as anything to get what they needed uh, in an investigation that people still don't agree about. But the orchestration, the dramatization the Democrats hoped for just turned out to be a huge dud. It, it didn't work the way they thought it was going to work. And now we can go back to that same kind of context with uh, what's taking place in, in Ukraine. And, and again, there, there's no smoking gun. Donald Trump is not in anybody's transcript going, here's what I want you to do. Investigate these people. Investigate the Biden family. Um, and I will assure you that this money that we've promised you. And um, But it, it makes a, a good case in politics. They, they're just not proving the case yet. But what is, what is all over the conservative media is that this will hurt Joe Biden. Uh, just by focusing the nation's attention on this transcript and on this charge keeps bringing up Mr. Biden and his family uh, in very negative ways, whether there's no evidence at all that anybody has that uh, Hunter Biden did anything illegal, uh, but... And and don't forget, it, it looks bad. Not know. not only is this instrumental in the approaching presidential election, but it's also another opportunity 
four really hardcore Republicans behind Trump uh, to yell and scream again, why are you doing this? We just mentioned the fact that we, we know what's up. You're, you're still upset about the election. What you're trying to do is unseat a president. And the people you really ought to be investigating are, and it's a long list of Democrats. And Joe Biden is now on the list. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, Nancy Pelosi really tried to push back and didn't want, did not want to do this until this came up out. Um, and she had to go along with what the majority of the Democratic Party wanted to go with. There's a majority of House Democrats. Uh, and I've heard, uh, I haven't had to confirm, but I heard someone say that they thought that uh, it's up to around, uh, you know, just four or five nests to go. I don't know where they are, but really close to having enough to, to getting enough Democrats to vote for it. No Republicans, it looks like, are going to vote for it uh, for an, uh, to open an impeachment inquiry. No, that, that would be pretty much tantamount to sending messages to all their constituents back home. Please don't reelect me. Yeah. There was, during, during the uh, testimony by McGuire, uh, the, I can't remember his name, but the uh, representative from Ohio, Jim Jordan, he said he made the statement that there's something wrong here. I think he made that statement um, to McGuire, and they said, don't misconstrue this. There is something wrong here. So, in other words, he gave some credibility to the impeachment process in some way, and he's a Republican. Not if it was Jim Jordan. Uh, <laughs> no, this was. <laughs> Might have been a different Ohio guy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was on the, it was it part of the uh, uh, panel there. Uh, Jim Jordan is, is he the, I, no, he's on the intelligence panel yeah. he's from Ohio, but there are a number of Ohio congressmen. Right. Right. But he was actually, I th he was actually, he, he made the statement to McGuire. Uh, I'll have to, well, I don't, I, I don't recall seeing any analysis of the vote in the Senate to bring forward the, the transcript of, of the, the whole whistle blowing phenomenon this time and i'm not sure that um everybody is giving that the the credence and focus that it deserves um we kind of blew past that i mean it was unanimous which means you yes. you got to have republicans and democrats and my thinking among other parts of this is that either for a moment they got very serious about possible constitutional damage the president could be doing or they really were confident there's nothing in it <laughs> yeah oh, or uh mr trump is not a not anything close to a traditional president doesn't behave like a traditional president and many of the things that he does especially the tweeting that he does uh, you've seen Republicans in the Senate and the House react to it. Well, I don't really agree with that. Uh, the president shouldn't be tweeting. He's doing the right thing, but he shouldn't be tweeting, that kind of thing. And it, so one interpretation could be in the back of their minds, uh, Mr. Trump uh, doesn't, seems not to have uh, any controls, okay? He just does what he thinks is going on right all of the time. And that often looks to lots of people in the United States 
like he's operating his business. Yeah. Some, some, <laughs> he's but, a businessman. But, but more than more than that, that that he's he's like a child. He doesn't have impulse control. That kind of thing. So, is it possible that a Republican think could think that the president could go to the president of Ukraine and have a have a discussion with him, and imply that, boy, we want to find out about Hunter Biden. We think you should go take care of that. Okay. Adam Schiff thinks that. That's what the president was doing. He didn't have to mention it. It's like mm-hmm. a mobster. He, yep, you know? absolutely did. You know? yep. if, you want, if you want our help from now on, wink, wink, you know what we'll do. <laughs> so could it be that in the back of their minds, the Republicans are thinking, he might have done it. And if he did, then we're in trouble with our constituents. So let's, let's play our cards close to our chest and... Uh, see where this goes and not commit too much, but we've really got to be transparent. Because the election's coming up one yeah. year from now. But, but based on the transcript, I don't think. And and flexible, just in case he actually did something wrong yeah. that uh, he, he's going to be busted But the for. idea, could Republican, is it conceivable Republicans, Republican senators are thinking, might have happened. I, I and would I think, think so. it's conceivable that they might, in the back of their minds, say, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not, a, you know, Pompeo's not in the room with him. He might have done it. Well, and he, he was pretty enthusiastic once this came out about getting the transcript and that sort of thing. And uh, I won't even pretend I have the least um, inkling as to what he was thinking about it. it Democrats wanted to uh, depict this as you've been caught red-handed. Here we go. Let's get on with the impeachment. But he was very, very uh, transparent, at least for Donald Trump. Yeah, take a look at it. And whether he thought he was just going to sidestep it or whether he was truly confident there was nothing in it that would get him in serious trouble, I I don't claim to know anything about that. Well, he's... uh He's not surprising anyone the way he operates. And he operates from the presidency as if that's his Trump corporation but, moving forward. But you and I have met business executives, and business executives are usually very reserved. Uh, they don't, uh, you know, this, this is a different person. You're right. Yeah. You're, yeah, my, my experience is nothing like Donald Trump. Yeah. I've never had that experience before, and the American people are having a— one heck of a time. Well, uh, and, and they are, uh, um, to the extent that average Americans are paying any attention to this at all, um, there's always the sense that, gee, I wish it would go away, or people who are really tapped into the process are nervous about what could possibly happen here. Um, again, as we mentioned previously, if they come up with, an article or two of impeachment that they can actually get 218 members of the House of Representatives to vote on. This could be a hugely divisive um, scenario here, especially this close to the election, because again, it's, it's right out of page one of the political playbook. Of course, 
the Republicans are going to say there's not one single thing going on here, but uh, a bid to defeat Trump next year. And uh, they, they are going to need something really concrete in order li- literally to put the country through this if they, if they go for it. And he, he's not going to do anything should this transpire, but um, push back the way he always does. And uh, yes. that would be interesting to watch, but he's certainly not going to um, Richard Nixon it. He's not going away. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's, uh, what's, after two weeks break, Congress comes back, reconvenes. What's the next step? What's going to happen next? Do we have the, you were mentioned about a vote in the House? Do we, is that, is that what's next? Or? She didn't schedule a vote. Right. That's what, wow. that, that was what was interesting about the way this played out. Yeah. So the, basically they'll come back and those committees will do their investigations. The one to watch will be the, the Nadler uh, committee and the, uh, um, the intelligence committee, the intelligence committee is going to start looking at things too. And those start calling witnesses, but I don't know who they can call if they can't get the whistleblower to come and say, who did you talk to? And we've talked about that. I, I, I mean, the idea was that's a whistleblower. You don't have to let people know who you are. This is, and this, this is terrible. This is not a standard scenario. And whether you love or hate incredibly powerful politicians or you fall somewhere in the middle of the continuum or what have you. Um, Nancy Pelosi will certainly go down as whether you agree with her or, or, or stand behind her or anything as one savvy politician. She's not going to jump into the deep end of the pool on this. She's just not going to do that. Wow. She respects the process. It's my sense of it. And she realizes what road we're going to go down if if we call for a vote and impeach this guy? She wants to protect her majority. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what her concern was when this popped out. She didn't just jump; she took a careful look and the transcript. Now she made the statement subsequent to getting the transcript. Is that right? Am I right in the sequence? Right. Okay. But she's getting huge pressure from the majority of her caucus who want President Trump impeached. They want to go through with it. They promised their constituents they would do it. They're going home and telling their constituents we're finally delivering on, okay? Uh, so she's, it's a balancing act that she has to do between her, uh, the minority of her caucus that gives her a majority who don't, don't want to get too near to this and the majority of her caucus uh, who are very progressive who want this to happen. This is what they promised that they would in the last election that they would do. And the, the really, um, enthusiastic spin meisters, if you will, on the Republican side of the equation, want to tell the story. Um, and most effectively, if they can get as many Americans as possible to believe that what we have here is a bunch of nutcase radical Democrats who want to derail the presidency. Yeah, that's a story that's being told every day now. There's nothing substantive here. They just want to, uh, you know, oust this guy. Um, and I, I think his supporters are very sensitive to that. We've never seen anything like this before. This is interesting. <laughs> this is really interesting. Um, Absent any uh, revelation right. that shows the president 
president's actions being an actual crime, okay, not implied and all of that, uh, there, you can't, there will be no conviction, if, if you, even if you do impeach. That would be the Senate. Yeah. So you're, we can and go we through all this. And we don't want to do that, I don't think, no matter how, unless there's just something so hideous, so heinous, so horrific he's pulled that can be proved beyond the shadow of a doubt. Um, it would be the worst thing the country's experienced in a long, um, since the Civil War, maybe. We're going to convict the president, kick him out of office, uh, embarrass our republic, have people all over the world say, see, you, you elect crooks and you, you're corrupt, and then Mike Pence becomes president, and that's another show. That's another show for November of next year. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that concludes this uh, issue of tips, topics, issues, and positions. I want to thank uh, Professor Joe Green and Dr. Chip McLeod for being here today and giving, giving us some updates and some in great information about this impeachment process that uh, President Trump is going through right now. And, and uh, in about two weeks when Congress reconvenes, it'll be a very interesting story as time continues. We'll probably have you two back. Give us those updates as we move forward. Uh, until next time, this is Bob Oxley saying goodbye. Have a good week. You've been listening to Dr. Bob Oxley with tips, topics, issues, and positions. For video and or audio of this, go to Podbean or Spotify, YouTube or Facebook, and search Radio St. George or RadioStGeorge.com. Until next week, this has been Bob Oxley with tips on Radio St. George 100.3 FM.